The reading today is from the first letter of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. The Word of Life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's so good we can be together this morning. I've missed seeing you face to face. And as Bex said, we're basically starting a whole brand new series this morning. And we're going to be looking at the book of 1 John under the title of The Big Family. And as you know, The Big Family is really important to us. It's at the heart of our vision at St Saviour's. And we're seeking to be a family who journey together, who follow God together, a multi-generational, diverse family who love one another and support one another as we follow God and seek to... Um, lead the lives that he wants us to lead together. We obviously meet this morning in uh, really, really weird times. And we're in the midst of this unprecedented global crisis and it's thrown up all sorts of problems and challenges. And many people are feeling frightened and uncertain and anxious. We're in lockdown and isolation. I don't know about you, I felt a bit gutted this week because even though I, can't, I sort of saw it coming, it, it seems like we're going to be in that place for quite a bit longer. You know, we, we come at a time of sickness and grief as people battle COVID, as people sadly have lost their lives to COVID. And I know some of you uh, know people who've uh, lost their life as a result of the virus. And we are praying for you and our heart goes out to you. And, you know, it's this odd time of stress and pressure, um, care and concern for others, people we love, care and concern for ourselves. Are we going to make it? Can we cope? How do we respond in this situation? But I also want to suggest, too, it's a time of opportunity. It's a time of opportunity as well. And I know a number of you have talked about this and some of the good that is coming out of it. What is there to say, though, in this time of uncertainty where uh, you make a plan and it you have to rip it up a couple of days later because everything changes. What is there to say in this situation where we're really not sure how this is going to play out? There are all sorts of tips out there, aren't there, on stuff to do and exercise. And Joe Wicks is doing his thing in the morning. One of my boys has been uh, doing that. There's all sorts of suggestions. Grow herbs, make pickle, do something creative, all that sort of stuff. But what I want to do this morning is zone in on how we might respond as followers of Jesus, as Christians at this time. And I want to think about our devotional life at this time. 
based on these verses from 1 John. And I think if we were to ask John, the author of this book, you know, what would be your tips? What would be your recommendations for this time? I think he'd come up with a f these three things at the very least. So are you ready for three things I think John would say to us or recommend to us in these strange times? I think the first thing John would say at this time, his first tip, if you like, would be make sure that you focus on encountering Jesus at this time as we journey through COVID-19. You see, John, he was a fisherman. He had met Jesus. Uh, he, Jesus had called him to follow him. And he had this deep encounter with Jesus. And rather wonderfully and bizarrely, he'd also met the risen Jesus after his death and resurrection. So encountering Jesus is a great priority for John in all of his writings. And so in verse one, he writes this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. There's a real sensory, uh, tangible sense of an encounter with God, seeing, touching and um, looking at God. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, one thing I've loved, actually, in these times, one of the good things that's come out of this is I think I've loved our church reflections, daily reflections that every uh, members of the church family have been writing. And I loved what Kirsten said on Friday. She she picked up this theme of encounter in a very real, holistic way of Jesus. And she talked about encountering God with our senses. Encounter lies at the heart of our faith. I never realised that when I came to faith. And I remember actually, I had a kidney operation when I was about 21. And it's a long story, but I had this kidney operation. It was an eight hour operation. And I came round in the recovery room, I think they called it. And I remember just feeling absolutely awful and almost like, am I dead? <laughs> What's happened to me? Felt like I'd been run over. And then I just heard uh, someone calling my voice and I couldn't really focus or, or see them, but I could hear them calling my voice. And then gradually I came, I came around and I saw this person that I'd never seen before, a nurse actually, at the end of my bed calling my name and I was like whoa who are you and there's this sense that as we come to faith we have this very real encounter like John did and uh, I like what William Temple he was one of the archbishops of Canterbury in the well he was in the 1940s he said this knowledge of God can be fully given to man only in a person never in a doctrine faith is not the holding of correct doctrine, but personal fellowship with the living God. So I'm asking you, I think John would recommend as we begin that we need to be people who encounter Jesus at this time. And I don't know how, I guess begs the question, how do you encounter Jesus? Well, maybe you've tuned in this morning. You wouldn't describe yourself as a Christian. And, and we know we've got all sorts of people uh, joining us at this time. First things first. 
it's lovely having you with us and um, we're, we're delighted you're with us. Um, how do you encounter Jesus? Well, we are going to be running this thing called Alpha. It's a series of sessions. We're going to do it online and it's going to explain uh, some of the basics of the Christian faith. We want to help you with your spiritual journey, do what we can uh, to answer uh, your questions and support you. And that is going to uh, be starting and look on our website. We will um, really publicize that. We'd love you to join us. And I, I have to say, if you're in that category, I feel really, really excited because um, this starting this journey of encountering Jesus is phenomenal. There was this guy called Augustine of Hippo, and, and he, he was a bit of a wild guy, very wealthy, very privileged, party animal extraordinaire. Uh, and uh, he basically came to faith. Uh, in Jesus Christ, it turned his life around. He said this, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him is the greatest adventure. To find him the greatest human achievement. So uh, if you are searching, if you are seeking, uh, I feel really, really excited for you. We'll do all we can as a church family to support you. But how do you encounter Jesus if you've already come to faith and, you know, you've been with him for a, a while? How do you encounter the risen Jesus? I think the primary way you do this in is in prayer. There's all sorts of things that you can that you can do, reading the Bible, uh, worship, all that sort of stuff. But I think the primary way is in prayer. And um, I think we often think of prayer as intercession, which is lifting up requests to God and people and situations. And we have to be doing that at this time. Doctors, nurses, everyone who's ill, people worried about their businesses. And we've got to just be praying, praying, praying like mad at this time. And um, we're going to be um, holding more and more uh, opportunities for prayer together um, over the next weeks. But here's the thing. I think prayer at its heart is simply this. It's simply being with God. That's what prayer is. And I want to encourage us in this challenging time, in this time of testing, to actually really be people who spend time with God. And um, there's this technical term, abiding. It means just resting, being in Jesus' presence, I would recommend whether you do that in silence or as you're walking, I would encourage you to be with God at this time. And I don't know how your prayer life is at this time. I don't know whether you are you are digging deep. I don't know whether you're really struggling. I don't know whether you're just bumping a bumping along or finding deep riches. I think I'd probably say yes to all those things. Um, but do you remember as you think about prayer, prayer is not about striving and effort. It's basically at its heart, it's about letting Jesus come into our hearts. That's what prayer is. And so can I encourage you to do that because he will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will comfort you at this time. And if you're struggling in your prayer life at this time, do remember this, that he actually is praying for you. There's those verses in Romans 8 about him being seated at the right hand of the Father, just praying for his people. So be encouraged. And I think that's what John would say, first of all, be people who are encountering Jesus. 
I think the second thing John would say is don't just encounter Jesus, but make sure during this weird COVID-19 time, this sad and challenging time, make sure that you're experiencing his risen life every day. Make sure you're experiencing his risen life every day. What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus himself described himself as the way, the truth and the life. And um, he is the source of all life. He is life itself. And John hadn't just encountered Jesus. He'd also personally experienced uh, this life, this reality. He writes in verse two, the life appeared and we've seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. This obviously has echoes of the opening verses of John's gospel. But let's pause and just think about Jesus' life. What what is this life that John is talking about? Well, a few quick things. The life Jesus offers is good. This eternal life he offers is good. John records elsewhere the Jesus' words, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's John 10.10. So Jesus offers us this eternal life. It's about finding life, life to the full. It's good. And I haven't always been a Christian. I, When I was digging in on the edges of wondering whether to come to faith or not I remember thinking is God good is he trustworthy what will happen if I become a Christian well good stuff will happen that's what will happen the life Jesus offers this eternal life is also very different to physical life we're alive physically um, uh, you know we are breathing our body is functioning physically we're alive but this eternal life that Jesus offers us is Um, of a different nature to that physical life. Physical life's a gift from God, but this spiritual life Jesus offers is very, very different. And we've got to be careful we don't separate the physical and spiritual or think um, one is better than the other. They're both good. But the eternal life that Jesus offers us is very different to just our normal physical life. The Greek word for eternal actually is aeonios, which carries the idea of quality not just longevity or quantity, if you like. So this life that Jesus offers us is different to physical life, and it is um, about quality of life and depth of life. I think it's worth reminding ourselves, too, that everyone uh, can access this eternal life. It's open to all. Um, Again, John 3, 16, John writes these words of Jesus down. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And John Henry Newman, he was a a church leader some time ago. He wrote this. As you think about God's offer of eternal life, he wrote this. Fear not that your life should come to an end, but rather that it shall never have a beginning. So we want to access this life, Jesus, the life, who offers us eternal life and who can bring our physical life into a whole other depth and quality of life, which is quite extraordinary. 
probably worth reminding ourselves that this life, this eternal life that Jesus offers, can't be found anywhere else. You know, um, you can't find it in someone else or somewhere else. Uh, actually, only Jesus offers this life. And um, so this is an extraordinary, extraordinary offer. And as I said, it's open to everyone. You might be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not sure about me. Or if you're if you're exploring uh, spiritual things, you might think, oh, my life's a mess. Actually, uh, God wants to fill your life with life. Obviously, this eternal life, too, has radical consequences for the future, for your future. And um, John, John 6, 40, uh, John records this for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. He's talking about when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we actually find his life, and because Jesus has defeated death and got risen from death back to life, um, we too experience his risen life and live on into eternity when we come in relationship uh, into relationship with him. So this life that John is speaking about, this eternal life that Jesus offers is quite extraordinary. And although it has um, a future dimension that is really quite remarkable, we have to remember in these times, in these challenging times we find ourselves in, that actually it is this eternal life is experienced today. It's not something we wait around for, sort of, okay, when uh, sometime in the future. We experience Jesus' uh, eternal life every day. And I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, where except in the present can the eternal be met? In other words, we experience this eternal life today. Now, I don't know how you're feeling about that little rant through eternal life. Why have I done all of that? Why have I just done all those um, details on eternal life? Well, the thing is, we mustn't forget what Jesus has done and what Jesus has offered us, what we can access during this testing time. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ as we live and negotiate and journey through this time. I bumped into someone. Uh, I didn't bump into someone. I phoned someone who'd recently come to faith on uh, Alpha and she was talking and, you know, she said, you know, I didn't have a God in my life. I just couldn't cope with this time. And so um, I'm just trying to remind us as Christians, we have these extraordinary, extraordinary um, uh, things, these truths of God, this life of God. So how do you respond to this gift of eternal life? I just want to suggest we thank God with awe, with wonder, and uh, we rejoice in what we have been given at this time. And can I encourage you to hold on to this eternal life that Jesus has won for you? Uh, Paul writes about this um, to Timothy. He says this, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's 1 Timothy 6, 12. And I want to encourage us not to feel discouraged, not to sort of think, oh, gosh, you know, this is um, 
I've got nothing uh, in this situation. God has given you Jesus. He's given you his son and he's given us eternal life. And we've got to take hold of that, I think, more than ever in these times. Be encouraged by that and grab hold of it. And um, there's this sense in those verses of fighting for it. And, you know, my my dad was a was a boxer and uh, I remember watching him fighting and, and, and training. And there's this sense of uh, battle and opposition as we follow Jesus, especially in these times. But can we grab hold? I think John would say grab hold of the eternal life to which you have been offered uh, in Christ Jesus. I think that's the second thing. I think the third thing John would say to us if, if, if he was here with us at this time would be uh, make sure during this strange time, during the lockdown, that you focus on loving one another. You know, I think we always need to be reminded that our faith is it's not like an individual thing, that we have an individual relationship uh, with God and it's all just autonomous and everything. Uh, you see in these verses from John that uh, the Christian faith is lived out in community, in uh, fellowship with other people. And uh, in verses three and four, there's 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 lots of language around the corporate nature of the faith. So let me read three and four to you. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. There's a lot to dig into here, but, you know, our, our Christian faith is always in the context of the body of Christ, in the context of others. And why is that? Well, we, we follow a God who's three in one, Father, Son and Spirit. Jesus, when he came to earth, lived with other people, the 12. Um, John was one of those. And um, basically, um, we are called to journey together in the family of God as we follow Jesus. And John uses this word fellowship. He, he, he says fellowship with us and he talks about fellowship with the father and with his son. And this word fellowship um, in the New Testament is koinonia. And it basically signifies having something deeply shared with someone else, a very deeply shared uh, experience. And um, what is that experience? It's actually the experience we have of following God and walking with God. So uh, someone said fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. The early church, John, Peter, James, the disciples, uh, Mary, Martha, they, they took this shared participation in God very, very seriously. And having shared with God uh, themselves, they actually shared in radical ways with one another. And uh, they built their, their family um, life as, as an early church together. And I, I want to just encourage us in this time to think about our community life, our church life. And uh, it's been so great to see 
how uh, you have supported one another, loved one another, prayed for one another and upheld one another. And I think strangely, rather bizarrely, this time is an opportunity to um, go deeper into family life together, to build our big family in deeper ways, despite the fact that we can't meet together and despite uh, the lockdown and isolation. I think there's opportunity here to go much deeper. So, as a big church family, there's all sorts of stuff um, to think about. There's all sorts of stuff um, that we can be, that we can do, all sorts of people to pray for and support. But let's think about encountering Jesus together. Let's think about experiencing his risen life together day by day, day by day. And let's be people who really love one another in this testing time, in this very, very strange time. But in this time that is also going to pass, we will get through this. We will actually eventually come to the other side of this. And I'm so looking forward to being able to gather with you face to face as soon as we can.